0: Hello and welcome to Public Affairs. We're here in New Orleans broadcasting from WRBH. And we're at the interview show covering all sorts of topics that are relevant to us as a collective here in this city. So on this episode, I am joined by Ms. Sophia Thomas. And she is uh, a nurse practitioner. And she's also the president-elect of the American Association of Nurse Practitioners. And welcome, Sophia. Thank
1: you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to our discussion.
0: Okay, I just wanted to point out public you know, listening audience. This woman has 28 letters behind her name. (laughs) I don't think, uh, I'm really intrigued by this. I got to ask you what some of these acronyms mean. A little uh, acronym game. FNAP, F-N-A-P. FNAP, Fellows of the National Academies of Practice. What about APRN? Advanced Practice Registered Nurse. PPC, NP-PC. Pediatric Primary Care Nurse Practitioner Board Certified. Okay, so She's got all these qualifications, guys, so listen up. She can maybe impart some, uh, some of her, her knowledge from those 20 letters. Let's hope so. So she's here to discuss um, autism. Uh, she, well Last month was Autism Awareness Month, so we'll be getting into things like early detection and kind of warning signs. She'll just kind of discuss her experience there. Yep. Yeah. All right, so I read this quote online. I think it might be awesome to open with it. I'm not sure. Actually, maybe we should backtrack, and maybe let's just cover, maybe you can give the audience just a a broad, real quick definition of autism.
1: Okay. Well, I'd be happy to. Autism is um, a collection of disorders that we used to call um, things like pervasive developmental disorder or Asperger's um, uh, syndrome. You may have heard that before. Mm -hmm. Um, But we now, now autism is called autism spectrum disorder because it's a group of disorders that range in um, from very, very mild symptoms to actually very, very severe symptoms. And autism actually begins early in life. Um, a child is essentially born with it. And then we notice these developmental delays as they, um, as they go on in life. Um, certainly, um, uh, you've seen, a lot of people have seen Rain Man or heard Rain Man. Mm-hmm. And um, Rain Man was an autistic person, very high, uh, high function. And he had some special skills that he had honed, um, but his social behavior uh, clearly qualified him as an autistic uh, person.
0: It was probably helpful to kind of put that... Um... That character in the public eye, so give the public sort of a model or at least a, an example of what it might be. Right? Well,
1: yeah, it's important because this is a disorder that's been around for, for since the beginning of time.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: back when I was a child, back in the 1970s, uh, children with autism were just kind of the, the weird kids. they were a little bit off. they were a little bit different. And we really didn't have a good definition um, for them. Uh, Years and years of research um, has really honed down into the autism disorders, and now we know um, all of the different symptoms and things that autism can prevent with. So, in fact now, um, 1 in 59 children in the U.S. are actually diagnosed with autism, and those numbers are increasing as we become more and more aware of the symptoms. It affects um, boys more than girls. That's Um,
0: fascinating to me. Yeah. I want to
1: know more about that one. And I can actually tell you, in my own patient population, it's it's significantly um, more boys than girls. And I don't know if it's because... Boys are generally the more outgoing and rambunctious, and girls mm-hmm. are traditionally seen as shy. Yeah, so I was wondering
0: if that was socially conditioned maybe at yeah, all. Yeah, and so
1: some of those the social deficiencies that we see in autism could also be misconstrued for somebody who's just really, really shy.
0: Yeah, I feel like we we, uh, we cut boys a little bit more excuses, so maybe if a girl's weird socially, she just
1: has to force herself to... Exactly, <laughs> yeah. But we see this early, um, in, in, even in babies. You know, babies, when they... A couple months old if they're not maintaining eye contact Um, or at six months old if they're not having that back and forth giggling with you um, you know trying to get your attention Um, uh, those kind of social deficiencies we see early early on in life and those are key red flags that we need to be looking at with these kids so
0: I actually heard that uh some of the research into uh, the autism early diagnosis was done with eye tracking equipment I heard they uh, would have the participants watch a movie and then um, track their eye movements. So, you know, maybe a normal person's eyes are looking at the lamp, the character who just spoke, you know, that mm-hmm. thing going on in the background, but maybe an autism person's eyes are just, they're just looking at the lamp the whole time. they you know? Are they
1: staring at the lamp or they, uh, a key thing is that they, uh, children don't look at you when they are talking to you. They'll look away. It appears that they're not paying attention to you. Um, so poor eye contact is definitely one of the early symptoms that we see, along with uh, speech delays. And um, sometimes those ex- those types of symptoms can get put off as parents as excuses. Oh, oh he just doesn't want to talk to you today, or he doesn't mm-hmm. want to look. So and Easy to explain away. You know? Yeah, easy. a lot of things, it's ex- easy mm-hmm. to explain away. And in a few minutes, I'll go over all the different uh, types of red flags that people can look for because... Certainly, in their in their families, um, it's very likely that in, of all your listeners, there are a lot of undiagnosed autistic children out there. Mm, um, sure. Yeah, well, I can times, tell you, yeah. my own son um, is autistic, and he um, he's twenty now. And but when he was young, he he had all the symptoms of autism. Now, twenty years ago, we really didn't have much as much of an awareness about it, and mm-hmm. all of his his behaviors. Could kind of be explained away, yeah um but but he's you know clearly autistic now, um,
0: yeah, um when you were saying earlier that that you know this has been around since the beginning of time, um you know there's very clear research in cultures all over the world where um I recently was reading some about Native Americans um where they they would uh, you know sort of recognize these members of their community who shared the autism symptoms and then they kind of work around, you know, work around it, give them a special role um, that kind of catered to those symptoms. Like maybe they would become a monk, you know, where they don't really have as much social contact, but they're just up, you know, obsessively copying manuscripts or maybe they they become, the, you know, the tribe healer or something. Yeah, they can
1: do that. Look, there are um, people in all walks of life that that have autism on varying levels of the spectrum. Yeah,
0: Um, that was interesting to me to know that if humans since the beginning of time have been, you know.
1: Yeah, um, and in fact, a recent Hollywood starlet um, announced that her husband is actually on the spectrum. Oh. The one that was running in City Park. Oh, oh.
0: sorry, starlet, you're too. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, but uh, That's, it's always helpful whenever celebrities uh, call attention to things. To it do. is
1: because it's it's very important. Unfortunately, with autism, um, some of celebrities have tried to say that. Immunizations or vaccines cause autism, which is a hundred percent, absolutely untrue. And kind of un- sad
0: that people are um, so desperate; they need to explain it, you know. Yeah. So they're, they're just grasping at any sort of.
1: Yeah, they're just promoting that. Um, so uh, that all those myths have been dispelled. What's interesting in my practice as a nurse practitioner, I, I actually have a lot of autistic patients and. Uh, I think we, uh, for one, we we screen all of our patients for it. And I can talk about the screening process. Yeah. But um, um, because, you know, we screen for it, we're aware of it. Um, uh, we also have patients who uh, choose not to vaccinate for whatever reason. And I, I have a, a couple of families who haven't vaccinated their children and their children are autistic. Um yeah. so clearly that one, yeah. vaccines don't cause autism. Yeah. <laughs> um but we do have some screening, some validated screening tools now that we use. So any uh child's pediatrician's office really should be using these. Um mm-hmm. it's called the MChat, M C H A T. And it's those letter stamp? Are you modified checklist for autism um in toddlers?
0: Cool.
1: And uh it's a twenty question questionnaire that a parent completes. Mm-hmm. It comes in all languages, and it's scored by their healthcare provider, and based on on the, the their answers to the yes and no questions, it tells us if the child is at a risk for having autism or not. We start screening at 18 months, and it's recommended to screen again at two years old. The questionnaire itself is is for anyone 18 to 30 months, so okay. really getting in two screens um, ideally before the age of two makes a big, big difference when we're looking at um, getting these kids diagnosed, because once they're diagnosed, we can get them into the proper therapies. Um, Children with autism need... um, While they're
0: young and still developing, there's a chance, huh?
1: Yeah, we can, there's a lot of these behaviors that we can help correct so they can be integrated into into society Mm -hmm. uh, very well, but there's certain um, therapies, Applied Behavior Analysis is the name of one of them, that is really autism specific to help um, uh, children control their behaviors help with their social interactions.
0: So that focuses on uh, re- basically rewards and punishments. Um, yeah. Right? That's the motivation for yeah. learning in those uh, behavior.
1: Yeah and it's um, uh, there are several places in the greater New Orleans area that that do ABA therapy I think um, and nationwide but as the incidence of autism is increasing I think we really do have a need to have more outlets and resources um, for this therapy.
0: Can you uh That, that uh, questionnaire seems really interesting. It's almost like a little bit of psychometrician work. Can you uh, rattle off a couple questions for me? So, it's questions like, when you look
1: at something, does your child turn and look as well to... So, if you look up in the airplane, does your child look and see what you're looking at? Mm. Um, Does your child point and try to show you something? Uh, Like, uh, a big truck's going by and and the child says, ooh, look. Uh, Mm. Does the child try to bring attention to those things? Does the child flap his hands by his ears or have a fixation with um, certain parts of a toy instead of the whole toy? In other words, if a little boy is playing with cars, is he playing with the cars or is he just spinning the wheels around and around and around?
0: What would be the uh, psychological mechanisms with why he would just not fixating
1: on that? Well, because that's a feature of autism. Um, that they would be fixated on the the parts, the moving parts themselves, instead of the whole.
0: Oh, okay, so that kind of makes it almost uh, affects their whole semantic system of how they make meaning. So I guess they almost don't construct the meaning of the whole car. They they just see the wheel. Like, yeah, they're they don't looking at the, the wheel, wheel but they're fixate.
1: The yeah, they're fixated on that one That's part. Really interesting. So, um,
0: but I can any, go over. Yeah. Re- are, there, are there any from the list that are kind well, of. Uh, there are unexpected. a lot of things
1: that the, now the Centers for Disease Control is a great resource um, to provide um, information all about autism, along with um, another resource called Butterfly Effects. But I wanted to oh, go my over used to
0: work there. Shout okay. out, shout out, Kristen. Yeah. She'll love that. Yeah. Hey, Kristen. <laughs> um,
1: so I wanted to go over just a few things um, that, that that your listeners can look at in the different categories that kids would have that you need to be aware of. Um, because a lot of these things can when be... When you say categories, you mean like social, social skills, yeah. cognitive skills? okay? social, cognitives, um, and so, social and, and uh, development is, are the very important things. So, mm-hmm. so as far as social skills, um, uh, do they not respond to their own name by 12 months of age? So if you mm-hmm. say, hey, Susie, hey, Susie, and Susie just uh, ignores you, Um, Susie's not ignoring you, you know, that's just kind of a red flag. Do they avoid eye contact? Do they prefer to play alone? Do they have, do they have no interest in playing with others? If you bring your child to the park, do they just kind of decide they want to play with themselves? Toddlers innately want to go play with other toddlers. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, yeah, and so a personal story with my son, when we were at a birthday party when he was about two years old, we were having a kind of a picnic party. All the It was time to eat cake and ice cream, and all the children sat on the blankets to eat cake and ice cream, and uh, the other 20 kids at the party had three bites of cake, a bite of ice cream, and they were out of there, and they were going to play, and my son sat on the blanket, calmly eating his cake and his ice cream until it was all done, um, and... So that's... No no peer pressure for that guy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, He was also the baby that I would lay him in his crib, and he would lay there and go to sleep. And in the morning, when it was time to wake up, he wouldn't cry for me to come and get him. He would just be laying there and wait for me to come and pick him up.
0: Self-stimulating? Yeah, exactly.
1: He was just by himself. So other things, um, social skills that we need to be aware of. um, If you have trouble understanding other people's feelings or talking about feelings or... um, if uh, you're not comforted by other people when you're upset. So if somebody else can't help you, help you relax. God, I know, I know about that one. Yeah. <laughs> or if they don't want to. So another thing is avoiding physical contact. So avoiding, a you go to a I'm hug. I've
0: said a hug makes it worse. It you better not hug me. <laughs>
1: exactly. I mean, if they stiffen up with a mm-hmm. hug or try to avoid that physical contact, those mm-hmm. could be some symptoms. And then communication, I think, is probably the the most important thing for me as a healthcare provider mm-hmm. Um, because the deficits in communication I see in my office, and that's one of the first red flags I see with my patients when I'm trying to do an autism evaluation. So, things for your listeners to be aware of, as far as communication deficiency will be... obviously delayed speech and, and language skills. So there are developmental norms that all children should do by a, a certain age. At mm-hmm. 1 year old they should be saying mama, dad or dada. They should be doing 15 words at 15 months, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh if there's any delay in the in that development, that's abnormal. Sometimes children with autism will have echolalia. They'll repeat what you say. So if I say, "Hey Ann, you want to go to the store?" and you say "store," hmm. um Or if you have a, you know, repeat the same word over and over again. again. Yeah, Yeah, repeat the last word. Um, If they reverse their pronouns, so if if they say Mm. um, you instead of I, like if they want to say you go to the store, meaning myself, so Mm. reversing those pronouns is something. Um, Giving unrelated answers to questions is always fun (gasps) when you're talking to toddlers. So if (laughs) I say, what's your favorite color? And they say, Batman. Um, Hmm, Interesting. Yeah, that that happens a lot. So if just if the conversation doesn't flow in what should be a regular conversation, and even with adults, um, you find adults that uh, maybe don't understand social situations or they're kind of Mm -hmm. the awkward person at the party. We
0: all know them, yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, we all know them. And they're just a little bit
0: uh, off.
1: Um, They can talk sometimes in a flat robot-sounding voice just with no affect. Um, and, or they won't pretend to play. So a little girl should, when they get a baby doll and a baby bottle, they should pretend to feed the doll. Um, Sometimes girls with autism won't feed the doll. They won't engage in that pretend play like Mm. that, or they'll play, they'll start lining all their cars up in a row. They have um, a a feeling that they have to have the sameness and certain Mm. patterns, or they'll have repetitive movements. Mm. Um, Of course, Always, there's always a child that may be very busy jumping all around the room, and you can't get them to sit still, and you can't get them to calm down. Um, what's interesting is a lot of the symptoms of autism
0: are often mistaked for ADHD. Attention. Yeah, a lot of these things they sound easy to explain away. Like, exactly. Oh, they're just uh, he's just kind of weird. Yeah. Weird,
1: uh, or he's know, just hyperactive, Yeah. Yeah, and and. Um, so in fact, my son, um, the one who's now twenty, when he was a child, he was uh, we, he was struggling in school and was seemed to have problems, um, and I had not put two and two together yet that oh he's a very quiet baby oh this the red flags were there mm-hmm. in school I brought him to have an evaluation and he was diagnosed with ADHD. Um, and How could those two uh, you know coexist? Can you be comorbid there? They can yeah. coexist, but then but. Uh, many of the features of autism can be independent of, of ADHD. So, there are certain criteria Mm -hmm. to meet to get a diagnosis of ADHD, but a child with autism may simply just be hyperactive, Mm -hmm. Um, and and to a degree of when they're in the exam room with me, um, they'll start out at the chair, then they'll start crawling around the floor, and then they'll be playing with a computer, Mm -hmm. and you can't get them to sit still for more than one
0: minute. Okay. And so so those are quite the same attentional uh, no, resource and de- deficiencies. And
1: they're handfuls. And this can be a lot of stress on parents yeah. because as they're dealing with, with children with these disorders, um, they they become very tired and it's a strain on marriages.
0: Um, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Especially, uh, I guess there's almost, a uh, when you notice your kids a little different, mm-hmm. um, you know, that seems just inherently stressful. Yes, and well, that the process thing, of accepting it. Do you try and change them? You know exactly. You
1: you? And and but the first, the most important thing is realizing your child's yeah. different. And um, some parents who maybe don't send their child to daycare or really don't interact with other families and around mm-hmm. other children. May not even realize that their
0: child is is delayed or might be a little so bit true. off, yeah, it seems like a real big risk, yeah. And um if they're Maybe pediatrician if you live in the country and you just don't, you know, yeah, you socially isolated, access, yeah,
1: yeah. and or children, if they if their pediatrician doesn't do the the autism screening test, mm-hmm. then certainly that would delay any um any diagnosis. But it's so important to get this early screening done because once they're diagnosed, it's it opens up a whole new world for them. And there are lots of resources for the families as well, a lot of coping and support groups. There's, There are um, facilities that will take the children for the day, um, kind of a, a, a day school type mm-hmm. thing. Um, and, but they'll work with them on their their social skills and their communication. Uh, they may need physical or occupational therapy. Um, sometimes they have um, uh, odd food aversions or mm-hmm. texture problems. Um I know this. My son can't stand the sound of if he holds a cotton ball. Mm-hmm. He can't sta- stand the the sound of the squishy cotton ball.
0: Wow.
1: So there. That's are,
0: interesting. Yeah. So, so d- now, are, do they realize themselves that they're a little bit different, or are they kind of not really a? Well, it depends how far on the spectrum okay. you are, and if there are any
1: other delays along along with that, there can okay. also be things um, like um, educational uh, problems or or learning disabilities. Um, Certainly, people with autism can be geniuses and have high IQs, but they can also have learning disabilities as well that can kind of compound that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Sometimes with autism, we say there's, you know, they're in there. You just have to figure out how to get them to communicate. They can get very frustrated because they can't communicate like we do. I saw something on the news one time where an autistic, autistic autistic, sorry, Mm -hmm. teenager, um, used to scream in her room and throw fits and throw things um, out of frustration, and um, her parents got her an iPad, and she started typing to them how she felt, and they, she calmed down immediately, and they were able to communicate uh, with her using the iPad, and it changed her total demeanor.
0: I cannot even imagine how difficult it, or just how frustrating it must be trying to make yourself understood. You know, if you don't know how, yeah, if you don't know how, and then the way you perceive uh,
1: the what the under your understanding of the way people are speaking to mm-hmm. you. Sometimes people with autism have a hard time differentiating between uh, a joke and something serious. So, um, some sarcasm that you and I would be having mm-hmm. a, a discussion mm-hmm. and have a joke. Um, somebody with autism might take that literally, and you yeah. know could be offended.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: So there are um, there are a lot of things with autism that I think it's important that your listeners know and certainly just to be aware because uh, they have children, grandchildren, and mm-hmm. they may not be developing um, uh, normally. As I said, 1 in 59 children yeah. does have autism somewhere on the spectrum and a lot of the early behaviors with autism can be quote-unquote explained away mm-hmm. and to make excuses for developmental delays uh, re- is really doing damage to the child yeah. because they they need the services as soon as they can get it.
0: Yeah, it's like I feel like people may be a little um, resistant to want to get labeled as having a disorder, quote unquote, or maybe resistant to, you know, maybe they, they see these symptoms and they're like, oh, it might be aut- autism, but they you know, you just shy away from... They're in denial. Yeah, and yeah. yeah.
1: the label is is um, very
0: difficult. I, I I love to look at it almost as a neurodiversity. It's not a disorder. It's not normal and abnormal, but we're all just neurodiverse, Yeah, it's naturally and, occurring, you know? Yeah, we are.
1: And and it, I tell you, it's this is more and more common, more commonly being diagnosed, and I think there's a lot more acceptance, and with that, there are a lot more resources yeah. Um, available.
0: Um, yeah, the goal is to have everyone reaching their potential and getting close, right? Exactly. So it we seems could, like we're getting a little closer to you know, like you said, pulling out that inner person and kind of letting them shine. Yeah. And um, uh, all of these individuals
1: have gifts somewhere. We just have to unlock them. And that's why the the autism um, you've seen, um, they, there are bumper stickers on cars or magnets that have a puzzle on them that says mm-hmm. autism speaks. Oh, and thing. the puzzle represents the, the, you know, the way we have to put people together to figure out the key and the lock. And then the, there are several bright colors on it, red and mm-hmm. blue and green. And it just represents the fact that autism affects every uh, race socioeconomic economic status, and it and it's all around the world. And again, one in fifty nine people here in the United States, so very significant,
0: wow, yeah. so it sounds like once you get that diagnosis, it's only up uphill from there. oh, absolutely. Um, it's uphill. I actually do it brings me back to that quote that I opened with. um this was a, a a quote about autism, and I found it to be interesting. I was wondering if you could maybe expand on it. It says, the difference between high-functioning and low-functioning is that high-functioning means your de- deficits are ignored and low-functioning means your assets are ignored.
1: And that's exactly right. If When you're high-functioning, you're able to integrate, integrate into suci- society, be very successful. Um, again, Rain Man was a very high-functioning individual. And, you know, he was able to uh, win millions of dollars for Tom Cruise. Because so, of his, so you're saying people's talents a blind eye. Yeah, they turn a blind abilities? eye. Okay. Um but but the low functioning kids, the ones who are maybe a little bit out of control and and are, Yeah, and screamers, yeah. hyper. Um they 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 still have gifts and those gifts don't need to be ignored. We just have to unlock them um, and help them reach their full potential. And certainly nobody is a lost cause. The earlier we can get them diagnosed, the earlier we can get them help. So the children can be happy and the families can be happy.
0: So it sounds like there's no turning back once you miss that those crucial developmental years for therapy. It sounds like there's kind of no way to turn back and you can't get that time back to um, kind of mold corrective behaviors, right? Yeah. Like there's the, no retroactive exactly. therapy.
1: The There are therapies, but we've, studies have shown the earlier we start the therapies, the better. Um, autism is usually diagnosed, um, the average age is four to five years old, but Uh, only because it's not being recognized at the younger Mm. years. We can certainly recognize it before the
0: age of two. Yeah, they are like those eye tracking studies. Like you said, infants will display those eye movements. So, I mean, you know, with that in mind, there's really no excuse. I don't don't think um, it would be nice if we could stop fearing those uh, disorder labels. You know, there's, you know, no real um, nothing to be afraid of. I guess. Yeah, there's not. And because, you know, once you have that label, I tell parents,
1: you've got the golden ticket now. Mm-hmm. You've got, this opens up a whole new world of possibilities to get on the road to getting the help that your child needs. And it can only get better.
0: Yeah. Expand, self-expansion. Yeah. That's great. Um, anything else you want to close with? but um, you
1: No, know, as a nurse practitioner, I just, I appreciate uh, your time and your listeners' time because as nurse practitioners, we feel that autism and, and child, children's developmental needs are so important. Uh, if anybody would like to find a nurse practitioner to help them to have your, their child screened, they can go to NP, npfinder.org or aanp.org.
0: All righty. Well, I want to thank you for sharing your personal stories and just your experience with us. It was great to um kind of talk about some of these uh, symptoms that I've always wondered, some, some of the symptoms I have, you know, it's like, these things really can um, can be pretty common, I guess. So. Yeah, they can be. All right, Public. I uh, hope you learned a little bit in this half hour with Ms. Sophia Thomas. Thanks again for coming, Sophia. Thanks for having me. I really
1: appreciate it. I'd love to come back.
0: All right. And that was our show for today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in every Monday at 3 p.m. and Sundays at 8 a.m. for more Public Affairs. And then uh, don't forget, all of our archived episodes will be available on SoundCloud, or you can go straight to the little... Uh, podcast symbol on your iPhone and just subscribe right on there. So, thanks guys.